Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, our newest show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds. R&B, rap, jazz, neo-soul, rock, gospel, or any random genre you can think of. Turn It Up is here to feature and help independent artists to give you the opportunity to be heard on live radio all over the world. To help share your music across the globe and take your talents to the next level. By showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help make your tracks stand out like the pros. And industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders and fresh new tracks you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So stop procrastinating. Get your demo together and get ready to turn it up. If you're listening live on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, this is your chance to call in live. So give us a call, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions or comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. And give the last four digits of your phone number, and I'll be sure to punch you in when I see you on the switchboard. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we've got a great show for you tonight. We'll be right back after this.
Who is Remedy? Popularly known as Remedy the Franchise, she's making moves many cannot. Growing up in a musical family, Remedy took it to another level, not just as a fan, but as one that changes the game and spearheads the future of hip-hop. Remedy found her path, as many others do, by accident. This former basketball phenomenon had a career-ending injury and chose to focus on her craft. When many would have given up, she took it to the next level by rhyming and writing and finding the missing pieces. As a female in an oversaturated genre, Remedy found her niche. With a huge fan base on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Remedy is not just a shot in the dark, an online phenomenon. She brings her work ethic to every move she makes. Remedy the franchise, welcome to Turn It Up. Glad to be here. How you guys doing? Oh, we're great. We're great. Hey, hey. Glad to have you on. <laughs> Say hello I'm to my co-host, to the Leo. Hey, Leo. How are you? What's going on? I'm bossed up, styling on him. <laughs> bossed up and styling on him. Y'all know about that. Y'all, y'all gonna learn. Y'all gonna learn. <laughs> All right. And um, tell us how the two of you guys connected, because uh, this is another artist that the Leo has brought to us. Yeah. Um. I actually. Um came into contact with Remedy through a mutual friend. Um, and when I listened to her music, uh, I was taken back by the uh, the authenticity of it. Um, there's no gimmick. It's not like she's trying to pretend anything, you know, and that, that's what most of all attracted me to her music. And, and it's it's raw hip-hop. I mean, it's it's a commodity these days. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah, I definitely, definitely uh, thought everybody should, should take a listen. All right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so Remedy, um, you know, I'm I'm looking through your profile and everything. How old are you? Twenty-one. Oh, really? Wow. Well, you you look even younger, but um, yeah. Uh, how how long have you been doing this? Is it, and was it just uh, that you started this after the injury, or? No, I was rapping before it, but it was something that. I just played around with. I wasn't very um, serious or considering making it a career choice. Mm-hmm. But um, I always wrote. I was always a writer, and you know, writing has always been my strongest skill, even in school. And I got older, and around like my teenage years, middle school years, that's when I started playing around with the whole rap thing. But it was just more of a hobby, but after I got hurt, um, I started actually recording, and that's what I would do when I had downtime. That's how I focused my energy because, you know, it's hard for an athlete to sit down. So, right, right. right. And tell us a little bit about your career and your accomplishments in basketball. Um, basketball was pretty much my entire life for like all the way from seven years old to 19 years old. Wow. It was being in and out of the gym, on the road, tournaments, um, going to basketball camps. And I basically lived in the gym for 12 years. And, um, you know, when I was younger, everything was, you know, about learning and those were my I'd say glory days 
Because <laughs> once I got to high school, that's kind of when everything started going downhill. Wow. Um, oh, what what, what I, really happened, though, with the injury? What what actually happened? Um, my eighth grade year, I ended up tearing my ACL. Mm. And the bad part about it was it wasn't even during the season. We It was actually postseason. And, um, you know, I was getting ready to go to high school, and it was a big deal because I was, like, the top player in my area, so everyone was – you know, it was a big deal to see what I was going to do in high school, but suffered that injury and pretty much spent the whole summer rehabbing from surgery and went mm. in the freshman year with uh, a bum knee pretty much because I, I, I didn't finish my therapy like I should have. And... um Travel season came around, and you know I wasn't in, in too bad of a shape because you know I'm, I'm I was still real young. So even though I didn't rehab properly, I was still able to be effective. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just one of those things that you know once you hurt one thing, it never went back to what it was before, mm-hmm. and everything kind of just started going like a domino effect. And then, you know, the next year when I went in my sophomore year, I tore the other one. And then I started going back and forth. So then it was like an injury and a surgery almost every year from that point. And went to college and got hurt in preseason training. And then that's when I called it quits. Wow. Wow. Yeah, three strikes. (laughs) Yeah, by that time, that was um, the seventh surgery. Really? That was the seventh surgery, you said? By the time I got to college, yes. Wow. Goodness. So, yeah, I was like, no. Well, yeah, you gave it a good run. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you just have to listen to the circumstances and understand that maybe this is not for you. But, um, yeah, and I'm sure in the meantime, you know, you you, you develop your other interests. And so tell us about music and and how that sort of took the place and sort of um, became your your new focus. Um, It was hard because... Like I said, I, I had built so much of my life around that sport, and that was my dream originally was to go pro and do the whole, you know, athlete thing for the rest of my life. And when I finally got to college and saw that things just weren't really playing out how I thought they would years ago, It was tough. Um, I fell into a depression for a few months, and um, my 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 doctor, who was the the school's my college's uh, physician, he pretty much put it to me in the sense of you know he's not gonna make the decision for me, but. I just have to understand that if I'm going to continue down this road, then it's going to be more physical obstacles and 
I prayed on it, and eventually I came to the conclusion that it just wasn't going to happen how I wanted it to, and maybe music is something that I should look deeper into, because before that, I like I said, I, I played with it, and people thought I was dope, and they would give me props and everything, and I had gotten nominated before I even discussed decided to take it serious, but it was just one of those things where it just wasn't, it wasn't basketball. Right. And right. and that's where my heart was. I, I loved playing ball and I didn't like anything else. I mean, I loved music, but that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I really had no choice. Hmm. It was either... It was either keep trying to play and, you know, keep suffering injury after injury and going through rehab all the time and doing that whole routine over and over again or put that passion into something else. And that right. was the main thing that he told me in our last appointment was, Regardless of whatever you decide to do, if you do decide that you're not going to play anymore, I really want you to try to take that same passion and focus it somewhere else so that you don't stay in a depressed state. Right, right. Now, tell us a, a little bit about your family. Who else in your family is involved in music, and how did they help you to sort of um, refocus? Well, uh, my mother and father, they were very big on music. Like, they were just music lovers. They never really they did anything. It was just that, you know, they just loved music, and that was always something that was part of my life. And, you know, my mom owned, like, tons and tons of CDs, and my father, same thing. They just loved music, the music lovers, and... um you know, my, my background as far as the family background is concerned, uh, everyone in my family pretty much sung, but they sung in the church. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a uh, pastor, so they were involved in music from that angle. Right, right. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where that stems from. Wow. But no one is involved in hip-hop the way I am. Right, right. <laughs> well, um, we're going to play um, a track, you know, give everyone a taste of um, Remedy, the franchise. Um, first one we want to play is um, Holding You Down. What do you want to tell us about this track? Um, holding You Down is something that came about just off of life situations, um, you know, how it is when you give your loyalty to people who don't really deserve it. Right. And, um it's just basically about finding out that this person who you're trying to really ride for really is not reciprocating the same thing for you. So it's like, what's the point? Like, why why am I doing this if you're not feeling the same thing back for me? So, you know, fake friends, that type of thing. Right. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> When when you when you go through something, that's when you really figure out who's who, you know. And, and I guess that came to you pretty early in life, considering um, 
this massive change in your life and direction and, you know, what you had envisioned for yourself. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So here we are. Turn it up. Remedy with Holding You Down. Yeah. Yeah. Remedy the franchise. T-Rex is happening, baby. Let's let them know. So tell us a little bit about who is um, your producer and, um, you know, who, who's mixing. And and uh, I know that I believe T-Rex is on this track as well, right? Yes, T-Rex is a featured artist. He's a close friend of mine who also um, does music. He originally uh, 
was some it was a DJ who uh showed me love early on but mm-hmm. you know eventually we were like you know let's just do a track and you know that was a track that I felt like was perfect for what we both were going through at a similar time uh, as far as the production is concerned uh, Tracy's son is actually the one who produced that particular track I have multiple producers that I work with mm-hmm. um just depends on you know what speaks to me at that moment <laughs> but mm-hmm. um yeah he's dope he's um giving me a couple of tracks actually but that's just the only one that i have released to the public as of right now and um as far as where we recorded and who engineered it uh we recorded at Trackset studios which is located in orlando and steve was the engineer behind it you said tricks what's that what was the studio again? Was that Tricks? Trackset. 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 Oh, okay. Yes, Trackset Studios in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us, um, how how are you um, marketing and um, selling your music? And uh, right now we are focusing on the digital aspect of everything. I, I do have hard copies that I sell at um, my live appearances and when I'm at. Uh, performing at certain venues and everything, you'll see me with the CDs. And uh, but for for the most part, everything is concentrated heavily on iTunes and and SoundCloud and things like that. Um, if anyone wants to look into getting anything from me music-wise, they can visit RemedyToFranchise.com or go on SoundCloud.com slash Remedy-DA-Franchise, and there are free MP3s that I've given just out of appreciation for everybody that has been supporting what I do and, um, you know, just showing that appreciation back to my supporters. And tell us a little bit about your name as well, Remedy the Franchise. What's that about? Uh, Well, you know, I feel like the franchise is kind of obvious. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, like I said, at one point I was projected to be the franchise player, mm-hmm. blah, 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 things like that. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's it's just kind of something that a, a term that I was already mm-hmm. attached to before, but it turned into something deeper once I went through everything that I went through. Mm-hmm. And because um, you know you don't, it's easy to look at it as, as on the surface too, but franchise is just. You know the whole aspect of just being your own entity. Like I, I am my own business. I, mm-hmm. I am a business, and remedy is, you know, the the answer, the solution. And you know, mm-hmm. I always felt like I was my own and my own being, and I was always had my own mind and always wanted to be the boss of whatever I was doing like I don't don't want to be that person that's under somebody else 
not necessarily an ego thing, but it's just, you know, I'd rather get it by my own means. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never depended on anybody else. So you don't want to owe anybody. Yeah, So that brings me to my next to question. Yeah, I understand that. But uh, so tell us how, how how did you put this all together? I'm sure you got a, a a number of people on your team, and and you know how did you be you know put this together to be able to. Um, be an artist who promotes and, you know, you have to do the music and, you know, you have to run the whole show, but I, I'm sure you've got some people helping out in some aspects. Um, yeah, I mean, for a while I literally was doing everything myself. I I only recently stepped into management. And um, my manager, Nate, he's really been a great asset to everything that I've been doing from a business standpoint. Because, you know, it's easy for artists to make music, but we don't always think about other things. So it's important to have that manager that's in your corner that's going to put the business in the focus as opposed to just the craft itself. So he's really been... um, very, very uh, good at keeping that balance in line with my craft. And I have um, several sponsors that I've done work with over the past couple of years. Um, Mainly the main one right now is my graphic artist, Alan. He's very... um, very big part of everything that I've been doing because you know mm-hmm. these days visual visuals are just so vital. Yeah, yeah. People want people want to see it before they hear it. Right. And he he's been very helpful in that regard and helping me with my online presence by supplying those graphics and help it helped me build my website. I built the website, but he provided the the designs that I wanted to put out there. So Wow. And it's an awesome yeah. website. I was very impressed. Very impressed. Thank you. Thank you. It's not easy, but it's kind of the, the thing that kind of could be seen as a bad part of being independent is the fact that a lot of the pressure falls on the artist. Right. But, exactly. And this is what I tell artists all the time. This is why I address this almost with everyone that we have on the show. You know, you have to figure out how to make that transition. And um, just because you know what you want doesn't mean you have to do it. You have to find someone who can do what you need and instruct them and make sure that the finished product is, you know, up to your standards. And sometimes, you know, it it takes someone else to get up to those standards. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can't reach the mark on your own. So, yeah, it's good that you recognize that. And and this is what it takes to move to the next level because no one person can do it all. Oh, no. And that's something that's... um, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, yes, I've been doing a lot of the work, but it's extremely exhausting. And there are times where I did wish that I had more dependable hands involved in what I was doing. But, 
you know, right now I'm just thankful for what I do have at this moment. Like I said, I, you know, I have a manager who's very um, dependable, and I have Alan who's very dependable graphic artist, and you know, I have several photographers and videographers that I contact whenever I want to put together visuals and you know, studios. Whatever it may be, um, I'm just thankful for what I do have access to at this point. And just hopefully as I continue on, things will fall into place more and more. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the whole thing is to, you know, stay focused on your craft as well. And that's what happens a lot of times. I think that um artists get lost in trying to do the things that they're not good at and leap the hurdles that they, you know, can't. So they they get too focused on that and they lose track of the the art itself and the craft that they already have a talent and a, a god-given gift for. And um and it's easy to just just out of sheer determination point your um focus in the wrong direction. So yeah, Definitely. I think you you've done a good job with that. And yep. um Thank you. Yeah. And um so next we're going to go ahead and um play another track. Um this is um Don't Test Me. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um you want the truth or you want the politically correct version? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go with this. Uh, uh, this is the uh, message. I'm just trying I to make know. sure. I mean, I won't. I won't get ratchet on the air. I'm just, <laughs> you know, do you want? Do you want the full blown, you know, truth or just? No, no. Give us the PG, the PG version. Yeah, if you can okay. find that within the. Um, yeah, the I mean, <laughs> I will put a like this okay um female artists have a harder way to go right um it's one of those things where it helps you but it can also be the death of you if you Mm -hmm. let it be and as a woman it's always been a double-edged sword because I've gotten attention because I am a female. But I've also been disrespected and um, not held to the same regard because I am a female. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where I've, um, you know, and you'll hear this one day on my Behind the Music when I'm on VH1. <laughs> there you go. But, right. but Protect it out. <laughs> well, but, we're going to be but, there doing the commentary for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, there's there's just been times where, you know, I've been in the midst of males who have other intentions other than music and business. Right. Mm-hmm. And things haven't gone well, and some more extreme than others. But mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that I've learned to kind of accept that this is just how it is because the way that society 
is. And it's not a good thing. It's one of those bad things about society, but it's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And I've just had my moments where I've gotten extremely upset because all I want to do is just be respected for my music. Mm -hmm. But the world won't let it be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So this is like your this is your screen. This is this is her screen, Mike. Yeah. This, this is yeah, like the Michael and Janet screen. This is this is the franchise screen right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we yeah, yeah we can we can call it that to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I can yeah. call it that. Yeah. All right. Here we are, remedy the franchise with "Don't Test Me." We get 
Y'all been warned. <laughs> you have been warned. Uh, <laughs> I like that joint, though. I like that. I was watching that video the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching it earlier today as well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Is, is that the one you stand on, that pile of rubble? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she had to shit wow. in that house looking like she tore that house up. Like somebody already <laughs> tempted her. And now oh, she got to do turn, the shit. I, I had to turn in the hole on them for a real quick second. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, but yeah. you seem so mellow. <laughs> Ray, Ray, she get on the phone and she all nice. <laughs> Don't tempt it, though, Mike. Yeah, well, you ain't. I'm not angry. I told you the whole. <laughs> different, you know, different yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be an uncomfortable interview anyway if you did act like that, you know. Hey, yeah, welcome to turn it up. No, yeah, don't just yeah. upset me, okay? What? <laughs> oh oh wow! So we're gonna we're gonna be right back in a minute. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Life and Times of Padale Jones. All right, nigga. You know who it is. You gotta tell us your name. It's Tadal Joe. I'm a sidekick. I'll say her name, be. That's right. Okay? Uh, people been asking on the show. Michael. And uh, the Libra. They've been asking. The Leo. Where are you from? And uh, I think it's about that time that I introduced myself privately. So here it goes. Let's do it. I was in a small town called What You Do, Alabama. What You Do, Alabama? Yeah, you heard what I said. I said, What You Do? I never heard Now, my whole family was entertainers. My father, Frankie, he was a singer for 43 years, mostly in the shower. And my mother, Jonette, she got her hands in show business. Around the world, you might have seen her. She did two hand soap commercials in 72. I've seen the commercials before, but I did see your mother's face. I know, Jose. Didn't I just say my hand was in the business? Let me tell you a Uh, I had a little sister named Ella. She used to suck on the thumb. Looked like the sweetest little girl in the world. She had a temper, though. Cause school and everywhere, people pick on her. Cause she pee on herself. And she loved music, too. But her records was criminal. Now, my pickers, they wasn't too strict. As a matter of fact, now I think about it, I don't think my daddy ever beat us in front of people. We would get women with normal stuff, you know, two by fours, belts, cards, boots, and tennis. One time my daddy couldn't find his belt and whooped Ella with her own arm. Yeah, we knew our father had problems. Not an anger problem, a stuttering problem. That's the only reason why the whoopers last 45 minutes. That's a better long time. And it wouldn't have been so bad. If he just would have hit you with every word, getting hot. Well, why he trying to get the word out? He still swinging. So we would try to tell him the word that he was trying to say, but all that would do was make it worse because he felt like you correcting him while he trying to correct you. That's just disrespectful. It was scary sometimes. But nothing made my daddy more mad than having to repeat himself. 
But he'll do stuff like call you from upstairs where you can't hear him. And when he don't get a response, he come down the stairs. Sound like a refrigerator getting tossed down the stairs. Then they stand there when they get at the bottom and just stare at you. And say, oh, you don't answer me no more? And we didn't know what to do because our daddy was partially cockeyed. So we really didn't know who he was talking to. Like getting a free ticket to the Get Smacked Up lottery. We just didn't know who was going to win. Because he was looking at both of us in the face at the same time. That's crazy. Well, that's all the time we got for this week, folks. That's all today. Come on back next week, okay? We're going to pick up right where we left off. It's your boy, Tata Joe. Have a sidekick or stay at a name. That's right. Okay? We're going to see you when the season. We'd like to thank everyone for listening today to the Life and Times of Tadale Jones. See you next week. And may the Lord God bless you right in your face. Good night. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The Lord God bless you right in your face. Okay. (laughs) So the kids smashed up lottery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right remedy you back with us yes i'm here <laughs> okay all right we um tell us a little bit about what you've got um coming up next you got any uh public appearances or um club engagements um, you're going to be performing um yes actually next month uh september 21st i will be in dallas Texas for the uh, Urban Underground Awards. I'm going out there for that weekend, and I'll be out and about. Not sure where, but I know I'll definitely be at the awards ceremony and maybe a couple other spots Um, in October. I am scheduled to be in Atlanta the first week of October. And as of right now, um, those are the two major things. Uh, I have some guest appearances that I'm going to make with some other artists here and there, but they haven't released that information yet, so I won't spill too Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. And um, <laughs> you've actually had quite a few awards. Tell us about some of the accolades you've received um, so far. Uh, well, when I was younger, like I said before, before I got on it really heavy, uh, the Orlando Hip Hop Awards, I was nominated twice for um, the best female artist. And in the last year since it started really going to the extreme with the music thing, I've gotten nominated at a few award shows for the 2013 year, and that's been um, the ASWAN Awards, which was held in Tampa, Florida, Um, the Money Shot TV Awards, which was held in New York, also the Dot Squad Magazine Awards, which was in Richmond, Virginia, and Urban Underground Awards, which is, like I said, going to be in Dallas and also, the Central Florida Music Awards, which was held here in Orlando, Florida, 
and um, I've been nominated as a featured artist as well, but I don't really count those because it's not my fault. But <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been pretty interesting ride in the last two years. A lot of things have happened. Wow, and that's awesome because it seems like your career has really accelerated. You made a, a lot of ground in, in a short period of time. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's, we can only talk it up to your hard work and just finding the right people and, and making a, 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 as little mistakes as possible along the way. What did yeah, your parents think going. about you first transitioning into, um, you know, rap and hip-hop? Oh, well, my, my mother has always said that I've I've been a really talented writer, so it was something that she supported, but she always made sure that I understood that she felt that school was first. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, she was like, yeah, it's cool if you want to do that, but, you know, Make sure you have your backup plan because I'm not going to be taking care of you for the rest of your life, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh-huh. be a parent, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <a lesson. laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, I know. We had this discussion back when I was playing ball. I get it. Got to get it. But she, she always, you know, she supports it. She just. My mom is very realistic when it comes to life, and she feels that, you know, I have the talent to make it, but we we all understand that it's not always about talent. There's always other things going on. She just didn't want me to be one of those people that didn't have anything else going for themselves to where they can't survive. Wow. So, well, that's good. That's yeah, and um, you know another thing with you playing sports as well, I think that's giving you a a, a lot of discipline in the uh, music game as well. That may, you know, be an advantage to you as far as some other artists. Oh, definitely, because it was, you know, they joked about this last night when I was on um, the air down here in Orlando. Um, they said that everything about me seems so militant. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, I don't know what you mean, but apparently, you know, according to them, I, I just seem so militant, and even the words that I use, the way I act, is just like, you know, the punctual thing and not wanting to be late and, you know, things like that. And I was just like, you know, well, that, that's, that's something that I, that was kind of beaten into me at an early age, I mean. Mm-hmm. You show up mm-hmm. late to practice, you're running suicides, and who wants to do that? Like, right, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, you got people running suicides showing up late to the studio? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, what happens is we're not doing music <laughs> if you're uh-huh. not going to hold your end of the bargain mm-hmm. up, then we're not talking anymore. Uh, you find one of them yeah. letters in the studio. You show up late to a remedy session. <laughs> find one of them letters sitting right right there on the on the, on the table. You're untempted. Yeah. See, you're messed up. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Yeah. 
<laughs> on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it definitely crosses over, though. It's something that I can't really reprogram it at this point. Yeah, that's good, though. That's something you should pride yourself on, if anything. I mean, it's people that have a, a, a lot of difficulty in those those areas, which can cause all kinds of trouble. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Oh, I, I know. I've, I've dealt with some of it. People aren't meeting deadlines or not um, following up on certain things that are, like, critical. Yeah, and those people aren't involved with me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's... Just keeping it real. So are you working on any videos right now, or what's the latest project you've been working on? Uh, I don't want to say, just because I don't want to spoil it, but I am working on a few things. Um, there are, I'd say, about four four projects, maybe five, mm-hmm. that are being touched on here and there and you know you know, and I'm when I'm ready to uh spill those beans I will. But <laughs> I don't wanna say it I don't wanna say it right now because I feel like it's too premature. Now from a from a songwriter's aspect, what exactly what what do you have in mind when you go into a studio? Are you more of a feed off the beat person or are you more of a crowd pleaser person or are you somebody who writes songs for yourself more like from, from experiences and things like that? Um, it's a mixture of feeding off the beat and drawing from my own personal situation at that time. Mm. Uh, I really, I really don't like writing when I don't feel it at that point because Mm -hmm. it never comes out the way that I want. Right. So... Mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, when I wrote Don't Test Me, I was actually angry. Mm. And um, I didn't record it while I was angry, but when I wrote it, I was in that anger mode. You know, something something had transpired, and I felt tried, and I was in my feelings, and I wrote that song. And Mm. Now, um, was was you mad like, Somebody scuffed your Jordans mad, or somebody said something about your mama mad. <laughs> oh, that, that's a whole other type of mad. <laughs> it was closer to the mama mad. Oh, okay. Tools, I can replace that. It was, it was more of you know throwing up the middle finger level, like mm-hmm. it, it was on that. And I mean, but mm-hmm. that's why. That song came out how it did because I was actually in the moment, and it's hard for me to write certain things when I'm not in the moment. Like, for instance, I'll have producers that'll send me, you know, some club bangers, and that's one of the main things that propelled me into view was my ability to make club music. But the only downside is a lot of producers haven't caught on that I can't do it when I'm not in that zone. So 
you know, if I'm out in the club and, you know, I've just been having fun, everything's been good, mm-hmm. it's easy to make a right. club song for me. I, I do that, like, with my eyes closed. And, mm-hmm. But when I'm having issues going on and I'm, like, angry or I'm upset or somebody's, like, really getting on my nerves, I might make a club song, but it's going to be, like, Anger. Aggressive. <laughs> like, Aggressive, bust right. your head. Like, I'm going to bust your head type of stuff. Like, it, it doesn't, everything that I do is always reflecting how I'm feeling at that moment. Yeah, um, we're, we're about to close out the show. we got about five minutes left. I was trying to get a new track out, and um, Leo uh, and D.T. Lamont had put together a track called What's Your Name? And I can't get it to upload. So I'm just going to let everybody know now, at this point, we're going to add that in. Uh, it will have to be after the show, so you will be able to hear it. And um, it, it's a hot track. Um, and and <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you guys put this together, Leo, because uh, the story is just kind of crazy to me, man. Uh, me, me and DT are real good friends, so I, I kind of make a long story short. I stopped by his house one day, and we're messing around in the studio, and um, he, he was like, man, I got I got this one track I want you to hear. Maybe you could lay something on it. So I heard it. I laid something down on it immediately. And the funny thing was, while we were in the studio, and uh, we're trying to get the levels right as well, the volume right on the mic, I'm in there playing around doing, you know, Obama, uh, Obama impersonations and do it, all kind man. of crazy stuff. And it's funny, it actually wound up on the track. So. <laughs> yeah, do what you were doing, man. Come on. Uh, 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 for instance, uh, I'd like to say one thing. Uh, uh, shout out uh, to Remedy the Princess uh, down in Orlando. I know you might not know who she is, uh, but you're gonna find out one day. Let me use the term. Understand? I don't have a lot of time to suck and drop it, so we're gonna get right to the point. I've had my eye on you. And the only thing that goes through my mind is what is your life. Hold up. Put your number in my phone. We'll see what's happening later on. What? That's my game. Man, I'm grown. That means no time for the pampering throne. Expect that. Expect to be standing alone. Bump game is bland and it's long. Matter of fact, I'ma shoot you a text on a real angle and answer the phone. But tell me, what's your
I'm more of an intellectual, into the mental, sexual, trying to get the mental stretched out and flexible. You see when I start texting you, they call me DT but all I want to know is... What's your name? the show now and we look for you know great things from you in the near future 
I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of 